we end our Durham trip? What do we do? We had a big chat in the park and see him um, at the Seacom. Great. And what was your role? I was facilitating it together with Greg. With me? No. And how did it, how did it go? How did it feel? It was quite nerve-wracking because it was the first chat in the park that we did and we were all kind of like, mm, how many people are going to show up? Are they going to sit down? Are they going to participate? Just describe the picture for me, like what did it look like? So there was this green, you'd like see onto the sea, there was the big van and there were some tarps set out with like people chatting to each other, like being really kind of absorbed by that and there was some yummy food in the corner. Um, yeah, and at the end we turned around the van and people started painting on it, <laughs> this is so much fun. Um, and we also recorded bits of it, so listen to it. Is there any fans of the current Green government here? No. I'm on safe ground. You might guess the title of this from the amount of times it gets repeated. Here we go. Pigs live in styes. Yorkshire puds rise. Wet paint dries. James Bond spies. Boris just... Lies. Damn right. <laughs> Coconuts sit on shies. Rain falls from the skies. A job seeker applies, advisers advise, Boris just lies. <laughs> I like this. Audience participation, don't you know? A town crier cries, a happy shopper buys, a beach bum fries, leaky ships capsize, Boris just lies. You'll get sick before I do. Oh, here we go. Autobiographical bit. Fat lads love pies. <laughs> An aeroplane flies, wasps terrorise, rugby players score tries, Boris just lies. I only believe what I see with my eyes, his lips are moving, no surprise, because Boris just lies. I am Laura, really nice to meet you, thank you so much for coming. Some of you I saw yesterday on the streets and it's like, it's just really, really nice to have you here with us today. Um, as Greg said, so we've been in different places, we've been in Durham, we've been in CM, we've been in Peterley and we've talked to people and there's several things that have like come back again and again in terms of stories. We've all been going through a pandemic and then still are and we feel 
isolated, kind of hopeless, not connected to each other, obviously. We've also heard a lot of stories of people saying that we're a divided country. Um, we felt that in terms of like south and north, but in general over political parties. And this division also reinforced by how the media presents what is happening, how social media works and lets us work in these bubbles. And we've heard a lot of people kind of not caring anymore, saying it doesn't matter, I can anyway not change anything, because it's not me taking the decisions, things just happen and there's people that call themselves politicians, we've heard a bit about what they do before, um, but they don't seem to care about what we need as people, they don't seem to listen to us. So these are all stories we've heard, but we've also heard like really hopeful stories and ho stories of strength, stories of we're a strong community or at least we've seen in the past, we know what community means and we know community means we care about each other, we support each other and we've got power together because we can change something. <laughs> to kick off our conversation today, I would love to just invite anybody to come up and sh share anything that's going on for them just for a couple of minutes. Um, my name's Shane and I don't know if you can tell from my accent but I'm not from around here. Yes, well, can you hear me better? Yeah. I'm not from around here, I up here around February. I used to be on stage singing for people and playing guitar for my living um, with my partner Pete over there. That's rock and roll Pete and since the pandemic we have become unemployed and our whole career vanished and it's been a massive change for us. Um, we've gone from being very sociable, uh, travelling around the country people, making people happy, hopefully, by people dancing, to being how we feel at the moment, complete, as the gentleman over there said, complete aliens. So don't know anything around me. We don't know anybody where we live. So we've come here today to try and um, connect with a few people. Um, and that's it really. Thank you. Welcome, thanks for being here. Anybody else want to share why they're here? What's going on for them? Uh, I'm Steve, can you hear me? Steve? Yes. Okay, um, I'm just going to give you um, a quick background of the type of person that I am. So, um, I've just retired from the forces, uh, 34 years in the Royal Air Force. I joined as a, 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 a Peter Lint who uh, was trained to work on aircraft. I did that for 18 years working on fast aircraft, deployed with the with the Royal Air Force on Op Granby and, and Op Telic and, and all sorts of different ops. Um, after 18 years I'd had enough and I told my boss um, I'm going to leave, find some other career. My boss said no, 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 you can't leave. We need people like you with your spirit to stay in the Air Force and keep it what it, what it should be. I'll go for a commission. I opened it out for a bit and I went for a commission, uh, got it and became an engineering officer. For 16 years I served as an engineering officer. During that time they insisted that all officers become politically aware. Now I don't believe they wanted me to become aware of the situation I'm aware of, 
they wanted me to read the Daily Telegraph and fall in line with everyone else. However, seeing what we were doing and trying to understand the reason behind the headline, because I agreed with the headline, we're there for oil. Right, we need oil. Protect the oil. Well, understanding what was behind that, we do need oil. That's just because the system's the way it is and we're not going to change it. We're not protecting them, we're taking the oil. That type of thing made me feel I didn't belong in the Air Force. I kept hearing the, the political spin from my bosses about how austerity was a good thing for us and it made us a strongest force. And I saw each of my fellow servicemen and women struggle longer and harder, deploying all over the place. Divorces increased, mental health, mental uh, issues increased. It became really, really hard. On top of that, the impact that operations had on some of the, some of the, some of the lads that I went away with, they they haven't recovered from that. So I've looked at it and, and thought to myself, what's the reason behind all of this? Why why are we doing what we're doing? And the only thing I could come up with was we were in this fictitious race to be the number one country. This thing called hegemony is where you're either the most powerful country, the richest country, or the country that could give, have the most influence on other countries. And the way you did that is either uh, you exploited weaker people than yourself, or you clubbed together with other people to exploit the weaker people over there, or you took a gunboat and just threatened them, said, give us your stuff. And that's what we've been doing. I mean, that's not just what we've been doing since I joined the Air Force. That's the British Empire to this day, is what we've been doing. Now, as that's become more unpopular, it's becoming more hidden. The worst thing about that system is we're all conned into this. We have to buy stuff, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not innocent in this. I've got an Amazon account that's been hammered. You know, I buy things, get momentary gratification from those things, and then they're gone. But all I'm doing is adding to the waste of the resources that are around me. And that lifestyle that I'm leading has got to be affecting somebody else, someone who made those, those towels, you know? And so, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are, I don't know who you are. And therefore, I can carry on my life guilt-free without caring about the hassle that I'm causing you. And what we need to do, in my opinion, is to repair that. We all need to get to know each other so that I'm not taking advantage of you or you or your kids or your future by carrying the lifestyle that I, I lead. Thanks very much. That's right, Steve!
Hello again, Laura. Hello, hello back. So I wanted to ask you, who's Mahmoud? Oh, Mahmoud, he is involved in a campaign against Hassockville Detention Center, which is a female detention center that the government under Pretty Patel is planning to build in County Durham, and they've given out the contract to a company called Meteor that uh, we know already have done really horrible jobs in the past. And the building itself also has a really horrible legacy of, um, it was used as a prison, I think uh, only male prison, and lots of men, mostly young men, have been sexually abused by um, prison guards. And anyway, why do we need a female detention centre? But Mahmoud is going to tell us more about um, why we don't need that and why we should get rid of borders anyway. Thank you. And how did we meet Mahmoud? So um, Mahmoud came down to our assembly. We invited him because we thought this is a really important campaign people should know about. So he joined us um, and was able to tell us more about the campaign. Um, yeah, I flee from wherever we came from. Some of them had to, to take a turbulent journey across the sea, died. Some of them some of them left their families that back there and they came to a safe place where they think what we all think like there is democracy here, there is human rights, there is everything. And then you have to take them back to that place where they will refresh their memories of what they have gone through back there, all the way to come here, for them to be like in a safe place. Then you put them in that prison. Previously, it was just for boys, and there were like 1,848 abuse cases of um, sexual abuse cases back then. So what if you put, put women in there? What will you expect if you put women in that particular place? put you in that particular place, what do you actually expect? It will be worse, worse than what happened back then. So actually we as a grassroots community uh, um, organization, we want to take this chance to um, see that this particular uh, center is not open for, to host women back there, to put them back there, for them not to face the similar thing that happened to those boys back then. So we've had like um, banner drops in different places. So some of this information, you can't see them on the news. Simply because they are the very people, the media is the very thing that is creating this myth in people's mind. They're making migration as, as it's a dangerous thing. They are playing the whole mind game here. Because how can you just make a prison and put someone there because he or she migrated to a country where, where he or she is not born? It's, it's totally unfair. Can I yeah. just ask a question? Um, is it one particular detention centre or are there several? Yeah, there, are, there, are, there is one. It's, it's called Medomsley. It's, it's in Durham County, Medomsley. Oh, okay. And there was another. It's in Yalswood. Yalswood. It's called Yalswood Prison. Okay. Yeah. So they're actually opening these prisons to put women there so they could be abused just like they did to, to the boys. So, um... We see this totally unfair. It's totally unfair because migration is not a crime. Someone cannot just leave their family, cannot live the lives they have back there. Some of them had lives. Some of us had lives where we came from. It's as a result of persecution or so whatever. To save our lives, we had to flee. We had no options. We had to flee. We left our families. We came here. So because we are here, we're all just citizens of the earth. We're all just the same. 
irrespective of where we, wherever we find ourselves. There is nothing permanent in this world. Today you can be rich, tomorrow you'll be poor. So there is nothing permanent in this world. So you don't have to criminalize someone because they migrated, they came to somewhere different where you are supposed to open your arms and welcome them and instead putting them back to wherever they came from and that particular dangerous place they've ever they, they ran away from then you try to put them back in that prison so they do bring back memories bad memories so as a result of this we, we now work with grassroots structures like religious leaders and um, trade unions and um, youth groups to see how best we can try to um see that this particular detention is not open nice to try and have this grow and bringing people with us and then in the next place they're energized by this and then their stories once they get to the next place like yeah yeah like these guys came to Durham and then we came along in this next bit and like so I'm here now talking to you and if you kind of like make that like a big part of our movement through the country it feels like it could just it could grow and grow as I say it's only been like a very short moment of like trying to speak to people but it feels like there is <clears throat> definitely a lot of opportunity for this thing to get bigger. One person I was speaking to in Durham and I was saying, you know, these are the, these are the things that we've been promoting in terms of in-state brain, in terms of like, so I was talking a little bit about what those are, but I was like, but the Freedom Tour is its own thing and we're just moving through the country and there's a group of us that are there every day having conversations like this, talking about what we want to be seeing from the world and what we want to be doing with it, then this could become anything at the end of the summer. We're going to end in London and it could be some new strand camp, like campaign of civil disobedience, that's cool. It could become something about spaces and opening up buildings to become who knows what. It could be just about like a new drive to start more assemblies following this summer. But there's anything on the table for it because it's so unknown right now and it's just a cool name and it's got energy because we've made it start so it can become anything and that seems like the most and that felt when I was you know you feel it in your body when you're talking to somebody else like what feels most naturally exciting and I was like shit man that's what's actually exciting to me and I'm saying it to you on the spot and I haven't thought about it like that but it's insane and that's what I do feel wait okay yeah can I blow my nose first? No. Nope. Next time on Freedom Tour Radio. That was great. <laughs> this is Liv. How come that you're sitting in our van? Well, I came to Darwin a few weeks ago um, and I was looking for people who were involved in um, activism and specifically surrounding climate emergency. And I got in contact with a group and felt like it was very inspiring.
had a lot of time, so I thought I'd give, I'd give it a go. Um, at the Freedom Tour have arrived and they just hosted a community chat which has been uh, pretty amazing. And I, and I think that um, Hull is a place, I'm not from Hull as you can tell, <laughs> uh, so I feel um, like I can't speak for Hull but what, again what I've learnt from Hull since I've been there is um, there's a DIY spirit of like survival and thriving and finding ways um, which you know nobody should be ashamed of that because that is what is going to get the human race through the future.